Give it to me, I'm worth it <laughs> hey, it's good to be with you this morning. You want to. You're thinking, should I or shouldn't I, should I or shouldn't I? And you probably shouldn't. So it'd be probably better. How about my man Tripp up here leading worship? Come on. Tripp, he's the one up here with the white hat on. Step right up to the plate. There's a bunch of you out there. You can't got no excuse now. You can step right up and be a part of what's going on at Coastal. That, a lot of you got excited about that. I can see that. You don't have to sing. Some of you, we don't want you up here to sing. I can tell you that right now. You don't have to play. We don't want you up here to play if you don't know how to play. You might think you know how to play, but we don't want you up here if you don't. But uh, we do want you to be a part of what's going on in the local church. I believe now more than ever in the local church, and it's a vehicle here on not just on the Outer Banks, but around the world. You watch. You watch how the local church shows up here in Florida here in the next, well, it's going to be a while for a lot of those folks. I was talking to some people on the way out, uh, Pastor Reggie and then some other friends of mine that... uh, I have some friends in Fort Myers, you know, a lot of destruction, you know, you can't even fathom what's going on there, but uh, I'm getting a little bit of feedback that, that the church is starting to step up to be a part of that, so, uh, uh, you know, I tell you what, let's just pray for that location, you know, uh, it was a lot of devastation, but we can make power available, and we can make power available for the Spirit of God to call on people to come and to bring resources and what's necessary, especially the governor of that state, big job, big role he's stepping into right now, and everybody's watching watching to see what he'll do. Uh, I think he's going to be all right. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, you're so big, you're so good, you're so mighty. We know that you don't bring destruction to the world that we live in. We know that that's just part of the curse that's existing in this world. But Father, we are full of power, full of wisdom, full of knowledge, full of revelation, full of the Holy Spirit. And we call on those that are in that area of Florida, every area that are believers and that are Christians, meaning they're sensitive to hear your voice. And, Father, that have resources upon resources, we pray that you'll make a way for them to get there and to show your goodness and to show how you can begin to rebuild and restructure. And, Father God, I thank you for all those that maybe through this event uh, didn't have the hope of you in their life. I pray that salvations will begin to take place. We don't make light of what happened. We make big and much of what will happen by your power being poured out on that state. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm going to go ahead and close out this series today. By the way, I'm Pastor Stephen. If it's your first time here, uh, if you've joined us online, grateful that you've come with us as well. And uh, if it's your first time, look, hopefully you enjoyed today's experience and you'll come back and join us. Hey, let's give all these people a great big warm welcome. <clears throat> let me see a show of hands. How many were here last week? And uh, let me see your hands and, and saw Joe and Brittany and, and all the different people that spoke. Was that powerful or what? Uh, I was at the post office uh, one day this week, and a good friend of mine walked up to me on purpose. That was watching last week's online service, and they were they actually Joe. They knew that your grandmother very well, and uh, they knew some of the backstory of that. And uh, it just touched lives. And even now, I, I know some people that are members of our church that are walking through some similar things with maybe even some of their kids and stuff. And uh, I think they've approached even Brittany to step up and, and help with some of that and speak in 
to the life. God's a good God, man, and he is in the business of restoration and getting people set free, putting them back in the call of God that he's got in their life. But uh, today might shake us just a little bit more. Uh, how many out here know some difficult people? <laughs> Let me just help you out. Tell the person next to them, to you, you're very difficult. <laughs> Somebody been waiting to say that. I just gave you privilege to say that. Now it's off your shoulders. Now they know. Go home, have a discussion about it. <laughs> yep, you're difficult. And, uh, uh, well, <laughs> we, we've all confronted difficult people in our lives. And, uh, some, and I think you're just going to have that until Jesus comes. Uh, you know, uh, now let's just make it personal. Point at yourself. Say this with me. I'm difficult. You're messed up. You are messed up, uh, and, and you need a Savior. And once he steps in, you need him to help save, keep you saved. Because uh, you all have a nature that just wants to do what it wants to do. And, and uh, so today, I'm going to delve back into that and close this series out on Worth It. And uh, I'm really believing that God's going to speak to us in a powerful way today. You know, we have a limited time up here. There's no way we can just give you everything that... Um, uh, that, we, that will change your life. We're hoping you'll grab every little nugget. Um, I actually have a couple different messages that I'm just waiting to see when he wants us to bring those out. Had it ready today. And uh, one of the things that uh, I, I really see that all of us, no one's excluded from that, me included, many times we come to church and we walk out with what we came in with. We don't get set free in church. If you're going to get set free, at least get set free in here. And uh, don't go back out with that heavy load. We'll come back to that maybe another time. But uh, I, I want to come back to this thought that, and just tell you that, listen, God loves you dearly. He loves, he, he's, and when I say this, please hear what I'm saying. He loves everything about you. Because he doesn't see what you see in the, what you don't like about you. He sees you through the eyes of Christ. He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your messed up mistake. No, he sent something to, he sees, he doesn't remember it anymore. The moment you make Jesus the Lord of your life, at that point, you're born again. You're alive unto God. And at that point, sanctifying grace begins to work in your life. And once that sanctifying grace works in your life, it is up to us to repent and turn and change from wicked ways, if you want to use the term the Bible uses, wicked ways and, and grow in Christ and live and walk and talk like God. But I want to go back to this thought today about dealing with difficult people. That'll kind of be maybe the central thought. And the only way to deal with difficult people is through the eyes of love. And, and um, when we, we opened up this series, Pastor Tiffany and I did, we honed in on the subject of love and its importance of the love walk. And, but I'm going to revisit it today. I think it's, we opened it, and we're going to close it. It's kind of like the sandwich effect about love and its importance and, and how it affects your faith. So go with me and turn to, let's just start right there, right now, and, and in the First John chapter 4. Jesus dealt with your sin of your past, the sin of the now, and the sin of your future. He's not concerned about what you're going to do in the future. He, he dealt with it. And it's up to us to walk in freedom of that. Our whole vision this year is learning who we are in Christ. It's in Christ who we find out who we are. Listen to this scripture. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, the New Living Translation. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is a real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. 
I want to hone in on the last statement of this scripture. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. I was going to say one another, but we should love each other. Let me just read it to you again. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. It's easy to to love the unsaved. You don't expect any more from them. Christians are the most difficult people to love because we have a high standard for ourselves. And you should. You should expect more from each other. You know, as a pastor, I'm in position all the time to share truth. It's what I do, share the scriptures and the word. If I could tell you how many times, I don't say this boastfully, how many times I don't share the truth because I know the person can't handle it. Because the truth will make them confront sin in their life. It'll make them confront in regards to relationships. So I always internalize it. I always go back with it. And I say, what would I, how would I want to hear that truth? What would that truth do for me? And many times it's just, you, you kind of know that, that there's a, um, uh, not prearranged. What's the word we've been using here lately? Pre, um, uh, you just know what's coming. And if there's not a change made, you can't make people change, but here's what we do today. We embrace some of the words we hear today. We, in, we make it personal, and we apply it to where it fits, okay? So here we go. Go with me to Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40. <clears throat> New Living Translation. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. I know you do. I know everybody's doing their best to love God with everything within you, okay? But he goes on to say, this is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. How many have heard that scripture before? So what that tells me is, so how we love each other, how we treat each other, how we treat each other in relationship is just as important in how you love God. God. How you treat people is a direct barometer to how much you love God. How you talk about people, bicker about people, in the house, in closed doors. Everybody talked about people behind closed doors because you think they're not listening and not hearing. They're not, but God is. And so if we're willing to do those kinds of conversations behind closed doors, which we're not, God's doors are always open to listen to what's going on. And he says, you know what? It's just as important as your love for me. That tells me that if I'm willing to go down the road of tough relationship and difficult people and just let that difficult person ruin my whole day, it's questioning my love for God because my love for God would show me how to walk in love towards that person. I knew this would fall flat when we first started, but that's all right. Here's first four questions that there's four questions we threw out at you on the very first message of this series. Everybody look at somebody and say, You're worth it. Okay, here we go. Can this in Christ experience be reflected in our lives toward others in our relationships? Second question we ask Can we get beyond the mistakes of others? Third question. Can we get beyond what what they have done to us or to others and see them in Christ? Fourth question. Can we offer them the same grace that was offered to us? Answer is yes, but it is not easy. Go with me to Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, and look at this scripture. Hear this scripture through the eyes of relationships. All right? I'll help you. I'll help you see so you can capture the thought of this. All right? 
We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials in our relationships. For we know that they help us develop endurance in our relationships. Think about that difficult person. They might be sitting right next to you. And endurance develops strength of character in our relationships. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation in our relationships. And this hope will not lead to disappointment in our relationships. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love in our relationships. The person next to you, we've already said it's worth it. There's no doubt about it. This series is called Being Worth It. But your faith, guys, listen to me. The Bible says that you and I are to live by faith. Faith being that we believe that God is God, that he's a good God, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We believe also, the Bible says, that that, that faith that you live by worketh by love. Amplified says it's activated, it's energized by the love walk of yourself. And the Bible goes on to say in the same chapter in Hebrews that this love walk that's activated and energized by, that activates and energizes your faith is what pleases God. So if I choose to walk in with difficult people by being difficult myself, we have to question what shoe I'm putting on. We have to question, am I approaching this through a love that enables me to have grace to deal with those difficult people. I've said it to you before. i said it over and over again, especially in the past four weeks. We've got to get this one right. It's affecting faith. It's affecting, it's keeping doors open to the devil. It's keeping doors open to the enemy. It's the strife and the bickering and the complaining and just holding a long-term grudge on somebody and never really walking. You know when you walked away from it. When you start hanging out with them again, you probably have let it go. But when you divide yourself from people, I'm not saying you've got to love them all over them, but in a sense of be best friends with them. But when a great divide has happened because of some offense, you know you're not walking in love at that moment. And until we begin to close the gap of that divide, our love walk is not complete, but you have grace to do it. Go to Galatians chapter 5. My wife is smiling at me. We got it. We're doing great. We have nothing. To, we're, we're working together real good. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. Are you guys okay so far to say, we've got to be worth it? Listen, if you're worth it, that person next to you is really worth it to God. Galatians chapter 5, 13 through 14. For, my, for you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only don't let your freedom become an opportunity for your sinful nature, worldliness, and selfishness. But through love, serve and seek the best for one another. For the whole law, now here's in the epistles, bringing back what Jesus said over into the epistles, we hear the same thought. Listen to what it says. For the whole law concerning human relationships, I'm in an amplified translation, is fulfilled in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Neighbors define friendships, relationship closest to you. Not necessarily best friend, but anybody around you. Is fulfilled in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, you shall have an unselfish concern for others and do things for their benefit. Now, in our marriage conference we just had, tighten the knot. I'm going to paraphrase in one verse, one just kind of one paraphrase of uh, 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 paragraph of what just was said in those scriptures. Love is willing sacrifice, not a. Love is willing sacrifice for the good of another. 
that does not require reciprocation or that person being loved is deserving. They probably don't deserve it in the world's terms. Go with me to verses 14 and 15 in the Passion Translation of this same chapter. (laughs) For all the law can be summarized into one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor even as you care for the love yourself and yourself. Verse 15, listen. But if you continue to criticize, come against each other, I love this, come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. Amplified emphasizes it this way. But if you bite and devour one another in bickering and strife, watch out. <laughs> let's just meddle a little bit. No, let's don't. Let me give you six steps. Since I got your attention, I got you mad at me or like, oh, no. I can think of maybe two or three really, really difficult people I've had in my life. I I think of one back in school. He just flat out, in Bible school, flat out irritated me. And I'm hearing the word four hours a day. If you're going to walk in love, you should be able to do it after sitting under the word for four hours a day. I know you guys are getting maybe 30 minutes a week. So I'm really, four hours a day. And this guy just happened to sit beside me for a whole semester. I wanted to kill him before the day was over. He just was too happy. I know that's shallow, but in his minor, but he was just too happy. I was waiting for something to go wrong in his life so I could just go. You may have heard me say it before. Every, every morning, he'd sit down beside me, and he had these eyes that would just bug out of his head, and I, just, I knew weird, and this was weird. But he would go, and he'd look at me like that, and he'd go, how are you doing today? And I'm going, oh gosh, here we go. I stopped asking him how he was doing because when I asked him how he was doing, he would always respond, supernaturally. 700 people in this class and everybody hears him say it and I'm sitting right beside him and I'm going just like this. Difficult. Something minor, no big deal. I think of the experiences that I had in, in dealing with staff at, at the church uh, where I was before. We had 50 staff members. We had, oh gosh, man, 1,200 volunteers. We, I mean, it was a big church, a lot of people. And you deal with stuff. There were difficult people. Volunteers are difficult sometimes. One of the hardest challenges I had was with the praise and worship leader. Because he was demanding and he had high expectations. I loved his high expectations. But he wasn't realistic when it came to people and their expect and what they could do. They're volunteers. They, they don't have to be there. They don't have to go to church. They don't even have to be up on the platform with you. And man, they'd make one little tiny mistake, one little glitch, and he'd just go off on them. And you'd think he just, and I'm like, man, your job's about done. It's going to be gone from here. And the Lord kept him around for a little while. But, but one day we had it out. We went in the back room, and he just was going off and going off, and finally, you, it takes a lot to get me mad. It takes a lot to get me in this place, in this position. But these, this was my responsibility, was overseeing these 1,200 people, 50 department heads, and he just made me mad about it. And I came, and I did everything but put him up against the wall. And he wasn't, I was, I, I'm, I'm, I was, I'm not a big guy, and he's about like this, but I looked right up in his face, and I said, and I'm not going to tell you what I said because I, <laughs> I came real close to cussing in the back room, but old nature was starting to show up. But it was wrong of me. It was justified in why I was doing it, but the way I handled it was wrong. 
And every time I saw him, that's how I thought of him was that moment of that time. I wasn't seeing him through the eyes of love. Are we willing to maybe ask some tougher questions and are we willing to maybe take a few steps to begin to how to deal with these difficult people that we don't like? And there's always going to be people that you don't like and that you don't get along with. And, and, and I get that. I'm not telling you to be best buddies and friends with everybody. But I am telling you that we are required by Scripture and the Word of God to walk in the God kind of love with all people. So here's how. Number one, I'm going to give you six, six things. I'm going to give you supporting scriptures of each one. And then I'm going to read a long scripture at the end to support this whole process, the whole step. But it's worth it. Tell somebody you're worth it. Number one, how do I deal with difficult people? How do I walk in love with difficult people? Number one, pray for your own heart. Philippians 1.9 says, I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure, bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insight into all things. Paul also prayed that I would know the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of the God kind of love. I'm having to pray, God, I don't want to walk this way towards this person, and, and I feel like they've hurt me, they've abused me, they, they, I, I just can't go there. Well, you know what the disciples said when they asked him about forgiveness, and they asked him, how many times are you supposed to forgive? Basically, if you go multiply the number out that he gave seven times, I forgot the actual number, about every three minutes you're supposed to be forgiving somebody. Not a whole lot of room for waiver there. But I love what they said, Lord, increase our faith, because this is not easy for me to do. So when you start with you first, pray, Lord, help me. This is not easy. I can't see them through the, what you're telling me to see them through. I need you to help me expand my heart to see the breadth, the length, and the depth of the love that you have for them so that I can understand them. Number two, pray for them. Pray for the relationship of them. Pray for them. Luke 6, 28, the Passion Translation. When others mistreat and harass you, accept it as your mission to pray for them. How am I going to pray for them? The same way I pray for myself. I'm praying, Lord, that they would get a revelation of your love, not just for them, but how about a love for me? I'm praying that they would get an understanding of the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of your love so that, Father, they may understand how much you love them and just maybe they'll stop being this difficult person that they are. I've never denied that they weren't difficult. All I'm doing is I'm going to God with the person instead of going to them, the person with my harassment, the same harassment, and letting that grudge set in and allowing that grudge to become the divide that separates me that opens the door to the enemy. Number three, look at somebody and say it's worth it. Number three, this one's going to be a challenge. How do I deal with difficult people? Move toward them, not away from them. Luke 6, 28. When someone curses you, hurts you, harms you, does wrong to you, bless that person in return. We'll just move right along for that. I know you, that, that, that's not going to go over too well right now. <laughs> I get that. But number four, when this person has hurt me, harassed me, dejected I might be in this, they're critical, they're critical of me. What am I going to do? I've got to take some steps because this is a big deal in God's eyes. Number four, find specific ways to bless and encourage them. Since you didn't get it to number three, we just kind of hit number four with it. Luke 6, 27, the Passion Translation. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies and do something wonderful for them in return for their hatred. I'll let it settle a little bit more again. 
Number five, here's the meat. Here's the secret sauce. If I'm going to deal with difficult people because it's worth it, number five, give them grace just as God extends grace to you. Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 14. You're always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with virtues of God. Since you've been divinely chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone... Release this same gift of forgiveness to them. Uh, It's going to get a little bit tougher here. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Final statement. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. So when I choose to be offended, get critical, talk about people behind their back, guess what I'm doing? I'm showing my immaturity. And I'm also showing my barometer and how much I love God. Because I'm allowing that person to become a pinpoint of strife and bickering in my own life. And the enemy is waiting and watching whom he may devour. Number six, finally. Everybody okay? Realize you could be the difficult person in someone else's life. I told you at the beginning. You told Everybody said you're difficult. Don't be so oblivious to your own shortcomings and sins so that you only see theirs. Matthew 7, 2 through 5, the Passion Translation. And we've got one more scripture and we're done because it's worth it. For you'll be judged by the same standard that you've used to judge others. The measurement you use on them will be used on you. Why would you focus on a flaw in someone else's life and fail to notice the glaring flaws in your own life? How could you say to your friend, let me show you where you're going, where you're wrong, when you're guilty of even more? You're being hypocritical and a hypocrite. First acknowledge and deal with your own blind spots, and then you'll be capable of dealing with the blind spot of your friend. Isn't that interesting? Deal with self, and then you'll be able to deal with them. Never denying that they have blind spots. Never denying that they are difficult. I love the scriptures. It makes it easy, an easy pathway. Why do you think God made this pathway for us? Because he knew that we would have a nature and working and fellowshipping and hanging out with people. At some point, somebody's not going to like somebody. Somebody's going to offend you. Somebody's going to treat you wrong. And a lot of times, this is the word I'm looking for. A lot of times the outcome is predictable. When we allow the bickering, the strife, the hatred, the hypocriticalness, when we allow that to dominate and control us, usually you can go back into someone's past and realize there's some things in past that's not let go. And now they see everybody through the eyes of that past. And so what happens is when someone really tries to love them and help them, I got a guy in my life, about five of them actually, but really one guy that never has a real positive word to say to me when I come to him for advice. Sometimes it's critical. Sometimes it's adjustment made needed. But I've always learned to receive from him. It's love coming from him. 
He loves me enough. He loves me enough to tell me the tough things, to love me up, to love me to a place where, not because he's better, no, no. And a lot of what he loves me up and through are experiences that he's had. So my question is, are we willing to love people up? Not because we're up, but because we've been down with them. Can I see myself through maybe the eyes that Christ sees me and then see people through the same eyes? Yes, you can. It's not easy. It's difficult, but it's required. I'm going to read this one last scripture for you. It's kind of long, but I think it'll summarize this whole series. Point at somebody again. Now, maybe that's no point. Nobody likes to point. Just tell somebody, you sure are worth it. Now, look at that same person and tell them, I'm worth it. You see, Jesus, what did he do? He dealt with your sins of the past, the present, and the future. You were worth it. So they're worth it to him as well. He dealt with theirs as well. So can we kind of begin to close some of these divides that are in our lives just because of minor issues? Someone's always got one bigger than what you got. I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that for you. I can say there's grace to do it. And please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you've got to go hang out and have lunch with these people the rest of your life. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that forgiveness challenges us to step up and to look through a different set of eyes instead of always seeing them through the eyes of the hurt. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21, the Passion Translation. I want you to hear it. Let the inner movement of your heart always be love, to love one another. Never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Have you ever been with those people that you know they got a dagger coming out of their head when they're talking to you, but they got a great big smile? I'm like, just tell me, just go. Just go with it, because you're fake. Maybe you're trying. Maybe you're trying to do it by faith. I get that. Well, let's do it by faith together. Despise evil and embrace everything that's good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honor of one another. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward Him boiling hot. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let Him fill you with excitement as you serve Him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in the time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Listen, take a consistent interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them. And eagerly welcome people as guests into your home. My wife is queen of doing that. I struggle with that a lot more than she's in on the Enneagram. She's the includer. If the house is big enough, you'd all be coming for lunch today. I'd stay here, you'd go there. Include everybody. Speak blessing, not cursing over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are your own. Don't live with a lofty mindset thinking you are too important to serve others, but be willing to do menial tasks and identify with those who are humble-minded. Can you be patient as I read the rest of this? 
Don't be smug or even think for a moment that you know it all. Never hold a grudge to try to get even, but plan your life around the noblest way to benefit others. Do your best to live as everybody's friend. My wife is queen of that as well. Everybody thinks you're her best friend. You're not, but she makes you think you are. <laughs> We're on, she's on the phone. She says, thanks, friend. I'm like, don't say that. Everybody, every woman in the house. Hey, friend, how you doing? I'm like, that speaks volumes. And you don't have time to get, never mind. We're working this. It's true. But it's godly. It's heavenly. Beloved, don't be obsessed with taking revenge. But leave that to God's righteous justice. For the scriptures say, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And if your enemy is hungry, buy him lunch. <laughs> Win him over with your kindness. For your surprising generosity will awaken his conscience. And God will reward you with favor. Never let evil defeat you. But defeat evil with good. Why? Because it's worth it. Stand up with me. Tell somebody again, you're worth it. Steve Garza, you are worth it, brother. Yeah. We're at our men's fellowship. Oh, men, if you haven't been, we'll be there every Friday, 7 o'clock at Miller's Restaurant. Love to have you come out and hang out with us. We have, I think, 15 on this uh, past Friday. We'll be doing it every Friday for the next seven weeks, I think. And uh, love to have you. Just a great, eclectic group of guys. And uh, I think Steve bribed all his Kellogg's guys because there was four of them there. But, um, and the one that couldn't make it made sure we knew why he couldn't make it. But come out. Every head bow, every eye closed. Let's just make it personal today. No digging too deep. And let's just maybe make it personal. And one simple prayer for ourselves. And then we'll have one simple prayer for the persons that are difficult. Pray it after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to forgive me for seeing them through the eyes. That's not your love. I need your help. Help me to forgive them. Help me to see past that. Help me to love them the way you would. I want to know the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of your love. Holy Spirit, help me see it. And now, Father, I pray for that difficult person, those difficult people. I pray for them that you open up their heart to this same love that you love them dearly. Bring understanding in their life in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. It's worth it. I love you with all my heart. We've got second service coming, and uh, I'm not going to go too much farther. I think that's enough for us to understand that it's important, our love walk to other people. You have a great week. We will see you next week. You guys are amazing. We'll see you then. Hello everyone. Hey, I'm Pastor Stephen. This is Pastor Tiffany. We just want to thank you for joining our online worship experience today. And uh, grateful to have you. we got some information that we want to pass on to you. Maybe you can connect up with us here real soon uh, back on another online worship experience.
love to connect with you. And if you just take a moment and download our Coastal Family Church app, you're going to find a great card on that section. Just take a moment and submit that and fill that out. We'd love to put a free gift in your hand and also slip a letter in the mail letting you know more about Coastal Family Church and any upcoming events we have. Maybe this is your first time with us, and again, we just want to say thank you. If you call Coastal Family Church your home, we want to let you know that there's a several ways that you can give, also on our app or on our website. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Pastor Stephen? Hey, we'll see you soon. You guys have a great day.